Here we go. The title of the, um, the message today um, is not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. So I'm going to read the script, I'm going to read a passage of scripture from where it came from. And it's from um, Matthew 26, 36 to 46. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. He brought, his, he brought his disciples with him. They were going to pray because he knew the next day was the day that he would be crucified. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Two sons of Zebedee, everyone? These are the sons of thunder. James and John. In our family, it's John and Mark. Hallelujah. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. This is Jesus. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. So you, as a human being, think about you're going to die tomorrow. That's why he's deeply sorrowful, because he's still a natural man. He's still got the same feelings as us, as we do on our Truth Revealed course. You will find out all about this. Okay. And he, he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father. So you can imagine what this prayer is going to be like. He's going to die now. So he's been praying. And he goes back and gets on his face because he's saying, Well, I'm going to die tomorrow. That's what we, th- we don't think like, Oh, I'm going to die tomorrow. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to die tomorrow. Yep, so it's really sad. Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So even though he wanted to go away, it's still that this is going to happen. It's really like us, isn't it, with death. Even though we don't want to die, we're going to. Very morbid this morning, isn't it? Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. <laughs> okay. I, know, I shouldn't laugh, really, but that's just like us, isn't it? Can you imagine watching somebody praying and after a bit you get a bit tired? <laughs> no, it's the natural. So, I, 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 you know, and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's all of us. Amen. Again, the second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came, came and found them asleep again, and for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. My See, my betrayer is at hand. So that's where it comes from. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And this is really important for all of us because what's our life like? What is our life like? What an amazing conundrum we have in life. I'll explain what a conundrum is now. 
It's a problem or a puzzle that seems difficult or impossible to save. To solve, sorry. So that's what it's like, isn't it? You know, when we look at life, you know, and when we're on the Truth Revealed course, we're going to do this as well. It's, 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 you know, what is this life about? What is it? What, what, what have we got and all that? And we'll go through all these things on that course just to show us that we're here for a, for, for a, for a purpose. Not everyone knows that purpose because if you when you when you start to be a witness, you know, this is the question I ask everyone, you know, well, what's your life for? Why are you here? What's your purpose of being on here? And you've heard me say many times, you know, you you you, you know you grow you you get born, you don't know anything at all. You get born and you you grow up and you, you feed off your mum and you become a child and you play your mother up, because that's what most children do. Because the mother's the nurturer, so she gets sick, you know, and the child is, you know, actually becomes, seems to become quite evil sometimes. They don't do as they're told. They cry and cry, they poo all over the place, they're sick, they wake up in the night, they make you tired, and then when you want, when feel tired in the day, they cry again. So it's, you know, is that right, mums? It's great, isn't it? What a great life this is. And then they grow up and get worse, cause you more trouble. You know, so you know, and, you know, and, and how I've always said to, to, to Linda, I said, you know, Louise did all these baby century things. So we, we used to go to all these children, and you get these children, like you know, and they they, they pick up a tie, they're only a, you know what one or two, and they bang it on somebody's head, and, and they snatch them, and you know, and shout. You think these are babies that everyone they look cute, <laughs> but you can see that sin is already within them. And it's not to say they're evil, it's just to say they're not with God. And, and that's our job as parents, to teach them the way to go. And of course, if we weren't brought up in the Christian household, and I mean one that follows the Bible, not just to say that a Christian, it's very difficult for us to break out of that prison that we've been in to understand what God has got for us. But you know, man has spent all the years since he's been here trying to find out the meaning of life. Trying to find out the meaning of life. What are we here for? He has been desperate to find out about everything on this earth. And has he found it all yet? Fascinating, isn't it? Today you can read billions of books on what man thinks the answers are to life. You can call it philosophy, you can call it wisdom, you can call it whatever you like, but billions and billions of books. And I'll tell you what, if you read them all, you still be no wiser when you die than when you started. It's fascinating. About all the problems we face, you know, what to eat, how to look after yourself, what to think, how to learn, how not to learn, how to work, how not to work. It, it just goes on and on. How to do this, how to sew, how to drive. Oh, every knowledge, every bit of knowledge and everything you could possibly think of. And we've got computers now and, and, we, and we, can, we can get any information about anything that you ever want to. You can even go in there and see how a, an ant reproduces. Incredible stuff. No matter what it is, we can find out. And that knowledge and information, whatever subject you can think of, man has told us what it is. Hmm. So with all this knowledge and information, we all should be able to solve all the world's problems. Shouldn't we? We've got masses of knowledge of how to do everything now. We have a little bit of a problem though, don't we? Man doesn't agree with what man says 
no matter if it's right or whether it's wrong, because man's opinion is that he's right. Kevin did it, I think, last week, didn't you? And you said, man, man, what a man thinks is always right. Yeah. And that's not, that's not just man. No, don't go. It's mankind. So that's woman as well, because it's not just the husband who thinks he's always right. It's the lady who thinks she's always right as well. So what's the result? What's the result of all this knowledge we've gained? The world is in a greater mess than it's ever been in. Everywhere you look, everything you look at, every bit of our life, look at it, it's so difficult to do everything. Computers are supposed to make it easier. You cannot talk with a computer and get a logical conversation to why something's gone wrong. <coughs> so it frustrates and it makes it difficult. We have got more divisions in our society than we've ever had. Every law that the governments, the governments have passed has made, has made uh, more and more division. Minority, minority factions now have a greater voice than the majority because the majority always stay silent because the, major, because the minority said you can't say that we're wrong you've got, to, you've got to believe what we believe isn't it incredible and this is with all this knowledge and all this wonderful stuff that we've got that actually made it worse there's more divisions in our society and most societies in the world than there has, has ever been and yet the Bible tells us to help them but it doesn't tell us to be ruled by them God still wants us to follow what the Bible says to help everyone else, not what man, what man is trying to tell us to do. What do we get? So all this disagreement creates anger, bitterness. You know, we've had the worst election in history with the way that people have absolutely torn each other with hatred, with mocking, with, 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 with words that, you know, I'm right, you're a liar. You know, never we've had anything like this. You know, we've had great orators like Winston Churchill who would say amazing, um, um, amazing things. Like you know, he said, "Oh, like when somebody, a lady said to Winston Churchill, he says that um, he says that. Well, look at how much you 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 you're drunk. You shouldn't be drinking." And I said, "Yes, but I'll be sober tomorrow, and you won't look any different." <laughs> you know, and it, 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 you know, but it's just that. Isn't it? It's just a different way of you know of saying things that makes it yes impact, but not just horrible and all these things that, that's gone on. Anger, hate, all of it, this destroying words are flowing like raging rivers in our world now, everywhere we go. You know, you're frightened to say to somebody, don't put litter on the floor, or you're not smoker, or because you don't know whether they're going to stab you or not these days. That is what man has done. Okay? So it just shows you that we who have, who have God has been pulling us into his kingdom, we are very, very blessed indeed. Honestly. Very blessed. And I know we don't like all the things that God tells us to do. But guess what? They're good for us. Even what we think are not, are. <laughs> so anyone you think, oh, I can't do this, that's what you've got to do. Because that's the bit that God is trying to get you to do. <laughs> Amen? As Christians today, we're at the bottom of the pile. Do you know that? We're the bottom of the pile as Christians today. There's no other religious sect that's been persecuted like we do. Islamophobia ain't got a touch on it. Why? Because everything we've tried to do through this nation has been taken away. 
prayers, religious education, being able to preach in the streets, being able to pray for people in, you know, anywhere in hospitals, anything. Can't talk about God, you can't persuade this, you can't do this. So you can see what where it is. And there's, there's, there's a scientist who did, um, who did a, a, a review on chickens. So, Mark, you're going to think, what on earth is he talking about now? And it's quite simple, and I'll tell you why it's a pecking order. In a chicken, when there's a load of chickens, one chicken will end up at the top of the tree. And that chicken can peck everyone else. So he can peck the next one down. Because that's the king chicken. So, the second one can peck the third one down. The fourth one, so if there's a hundred chickens, the hundredth one gets 99 chickens that peck it. That's what Christians are today. We get all this flack, no matter what anyone says. You go and try and tell people that I don't agree with you. Why? Because I don't agree with a lot of things that are going on today. And the devil is trying to stop us by speaking against it. Do you understand that? The devil is trying... Political correctness is the devil's way of making sure we don't say anything that will offend anyone. And yet the Bible said we are. We're going to be the most offensive people. People don't want to listen about God. So it's quite amazing, isn't it? You will. We will be offended, but we cannot be offended. They'll try and offend us. I'm homophobic because I preach that God. Uh, God says that whatever man does is an abomination to God. So all the LGBT or the gender alignment, the abortion on demand, the anti-marriage lobby and the change of marriage definition. I'm a racist, anti-feminist, bigot, backward, holding back evolution, and on it goes. And yet, I'm, I'm the chap that's trying to preach love and forgiveness, and I want to help you. I want to work with you to help you have a better life. And that's what the Lord sent us for. That's what it is. And so it's quite amazing how man has destroyed what God intended for the human race. And that is a fact. It's not just my thinking, it's, it's a fact. And yet when we ask people, those people who say that they know God, you know, and we ask them if they've studied the Bible, do they, do they go to church, do they, do, 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 what do they do to help the, you know, the Lord and everything else like that? Are they saved? They don't, most people don't even know what it is to be saved. I said, so we know that we've got to be really careful of just accepting when people say, I'm a Christian. We've got to check. And that's not being rude. It's not, not, not doubting them. It's just the way the Bible tells us. And so there we go. We go straight back to the Bible. And even Paul went to the people and said, you know, were you, were, you know did you receive the Holy Ghost when you first believed? You know, it's an important part because Jesus preached this to his disciples. And so we've got to be really careful that we just don't accept everyone that says they're a Christian. That's why I actually got you to do your testimonies. So you will be able to give your testament to say how you become saved. That will never change. And that's, a, that's part of your rock you stand on. To say this is what happened to me. This is what I was like. This is what, this is what happened to me. And this is what I'm trying to be like. You know, people say to me, are you one of them Christians? I said, no. He said, you are? I've heard that you're a preacher and all this. I said, hey, 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 hey hold on. I said, I'm just trying to be a Christian. I'm trying to be Christ-like. I said, I have my faults the same as any other man. Don't you look at me as though I'm some super spiritual, pious person. So it's important that we do that. So that's why we've got this, this Bible. We know that man was born into sin, and he gave us a free will. 
it gives a free will to choose anything that you want right from the beginning. And you know that, that, that Eve persuaded Adam to make the wrong choice. So there it is. So because that wrong choice we've got this, and people say, well, why didn't God change it? It's because he can't. He won't change it. He gives us the free will to choose. To choose which way we go. Whether we come to church, whether we don't come to church, whether we, whether we tell our kids off or we don't tell our kids off, all these things. And it gives us the option how to live this life. Um, but man chooses what he thinks is best and tries to manage his own life. But look at the mess that we're in. So it is even more important that we look back and see what God wants us to do. And then once we've, once we've watched and we've read and, and we've met all these people and we see all the people we've mixed with and the schools we went to and the life we've had and our parents and all the people, all that stuff has influenced our life to give us the thoughts that we have today. And sometimes it's incredibly difficult to get out of that thinking. It's why we have Bible study. It's why we have church. It's why we should talk to each other about our problems so we can follow the Bible, help each other, and therefore get God's blessings. It's, it is, it, it's so important. Okay. So, even in the Bible, it gives us great examples of people that seem to have everything and yet still was lost. Okay, so I'm just going to read you one of them, which is... I love it, but I've never seen it this way before. This is in John 3, and we're reading, reading 1 to 8. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher came from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born Again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So even though this man is a ruler, he's now telling him what he has to do. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Well, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Come on, ladies. Would you like to give birth to a Mark or a David today for a new birth? It's ridiculous, isn't it? So that's man's thinking. Just talking about the natural birth, Jesus answered. Most assuredly, when he says most assuredly or truly, truly, God is saying, listen, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So, see, so it's not Mark saying it, is it? It is what the Lord is trying to teach us. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. I'm born in the flesh, I'm a flesh man. And, I, and I, I, I respond to the flesh and all the flesh around me. Until I've been born of the spirit, I cannot be a spiritual man. So it's quite, quite simple. So that which is born of flesh is flesh. It's born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and we know that. You can get as many, many weather forecasts as you like and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And we wake up and we go, well, that's not, that's not where's the sun? It's windy today and it wasn't going to be windy. Oh, it's, it's not windy, etc., etc. Because man doesn't know. He can look and look and look. But everything can change in the natural as well. You can't tell where the wind comes from and where it goes. So is everyone of the spirit. So to be spiritual, we become very, very different people. 
And you see, Nicodemus was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He wasn't just a teacher. He was one of the few people that ruled the whole of Israel as their leaders. I know they're under Roman occupation. The Sanhedrin, they called it. But he was also a member of the strict sect, the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the ones that did everything by the book. You know, Kevin read it this morning, tithing cumin and anisin seeds. So even if they got ten little aniseed seeds, they'd tithe one. So that's what he said. Oh, you've done that, but you forgot justice and mercy and love. So you can't do that. You've got to do the things that God wants us to do. And Jesus said to me, he said, Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Because he expected them to know the Old Testament of the Messiah coming and all the things that were promised to come. For yet all this, he had to be troubled for him to go to meet Jesus himself. He had to go, so something must have troubled him. Something must have affected this man that he had to go and went in the dark. Why? Well, no one could see him because you can imagine all the other Pharisees going, oh, what did crucify him now, Nicodemus, he's been so, just a bit of wisdom he must have been missing something he had the wealth, he had the position, he had status but something in there was not right with him and he, and he knew that, that's amazing isn't it, it's like all of us, you live a life for someone and you go, I'm missing something, there's still something missing, there's still something that I've got to have and you, you don't know what it is but we do now, it's Jesus something didn't sit right with him but his will was to find out. And I think that's brilliant, isn't it? You know, All that, I'm okay, I've got a nice house, got a nice family, everything's okay. But he knew something was missing. So somewhere in there, his will said, I've got to go and see this man. Isn't that, it should be like us. We've got to go and find out Jesus tonight. We've got to do those. It's so, so important. He then knows now he's going to need to be born again. And of course, Nicodemus only thought of the natural birth because that's all he knew. That's why the teaching that we have is so important to get rid of this world, open our minds to God things. And this is, this is Romans 12, and this is yourself. This is for you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, a living sacrifice, not sacrifice that you die a living sacrifice means put some of the things away that the world wants us to do and let's put some of the things that God wants us to do in its place and that way this is what will happen that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God which is your reasonable service he doesn't even think that you've done something special just part of your life but do not be conformed to this world so all this world stuff can just saturate us with so much that we don't think of turning to God but be transformed by the renewing of it's what we think a man is what he thinks a man is what he eats so if you, what he eats in the natural we can see, what he thinks we sometimes can hear and see what he does he wants to transform this mind that we can then prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you can see, he wants to change us. Why? To do the will of God. Isn't it lovely? 
You see, I can keep learning, we can keep learning about what man thinks and following his teaching, but look where it's got all of us in our lives so far. I'm sorry, I look at myself and I think, dear me, look where I was. It's a very different life that I lead now, but look, I've only got to look back where I was and thinking, you know, and, and Linda and I know for full well we would not be married today. We would not be together if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's not just a, a thought, you know, it, 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 it's just, it's true. And so it's so important. We're not fobbing it off, but it, it is it's absolutely true. And if it wasn't being filled with his spirit, and if it wasn't for the way that we, we followed the word and spoke together and the way that we had to change, we had to change, um, we would not have been um, left now, left together now. And my, my prayer for everyone is, you know, just let, let, let the Lord's will be done in your life. Keep changing our hearts. Keep changing our mind and our thoughts and attitude. And keep changing us, Father, so we can speak the wonders of you. Amen. Nicodemus was changed from that encounter. And, and, and of course, after that, he, you know, he, we only heard about him um, twice after that. One was on the last day of the feast in John 7.37, uh, where Jesus cried out after they've been eating and drinking for three days. He cried out, said, I'm on thirst, come, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You know, what does this mean? But as he spoke concerning the Spirit, so that those who are believing would receive. Isn't that amazing? That we can receive this Spirit that's around us, that, 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 that made the earth. We'll do this on the truth of the course as well. Hallelujah. All these things is from there. It's amazing, that is, isn't it? Right, so... So it, it's important, you see, that we know that would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus hadn't gone. He wasn't glorified. He hadn't gone. So he couldn't leave his spirit until he'd gone. So it was important. And, and then they had a, a right mess in the Sanhedrin because um, they, they didn't like what Jesus was doing and they were saying, we've we, we got to kill him, we've got to capture him, we've got to do this. And they sent so many people against him and it was getting closer and closer towards Jesus being crucified. And some they were arguing in the Sanhedrin. And, then, and, they, and they turned around and, and some people said, this is truly a prophet. So no matter how many times these people, they sent these people to, to confound Jesus and, and upset him and, and, and try and you know, kill him and all this. They came back and went, Oh, well, hold on a moment. Hold on a moment. This is a prophet. Um, this is the Christ. This is this is the Messiah. So whatever they sent, as soon as they heard Jesus of what he was saying and quoting the Old Testament scriptures, I am the Messiah, and all that sort of thing, they went back and they went mad in the Sanhedrin. And they started shouting, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Because Galilee was a bad place. But they knew the scripture. Crazy stuff. So you could see how the devil had captured these Jewish leaders. They knew the scripture, but wouldn't turn to it because of how? Status, position, power, wealth. So you could see Nicodemus was different. Nicodemus said, Nicodemus turned around and said to them, like, you know, after all this, he said, are you deceived, Nicodemus? He said, because he said, no. And this is what he said. He said, does our Lord judge a man before he hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered him and said, are you from Galilee? So they're angry with him because he's, he's, he's now stopped them in the tracks. You look at our own law, 
We shouldn't be doing this. So we've protected him. And everyone went to his own house. And of course, the last time we heard of Nicodemus is on the day of his death. And when Joseph of Arimathea, another rich member of the Jews, went and, went and took Jesus down and gave him his own uh, tomb, which is an expensive tomb because it was made out of stone. And Nicodemus went and brought all the materials, all the um, spices and aloes and spices because that's what the Jews did to, to conserve the body so there's a man that thought he had everything and yet he had to change his own will to do what God wanted to do but he searched for it he didn't just say I want to change he went and did something about it the Bible tells us today a story of what our life on earth can be that's what he's trying to tell us our life, what it can be, not what it is, not what we've done in the past, what it can be. And that's the most incredible thing. I said to my elder brother last night, I said, Paul, let's stop talking about the past. I said, you're not well, you've got one day at a time to live. And I said, let's just live the day, day by day. Really difficult, because he's now going back, like we all do, if I'd have done this. If I'd have done that, if I wouldn't have done this, you know, you know, and, and, and that, that's man. That's the natural thing. We, we, we want to defeat ourselves. Isn't that crazy? We want to defeat ourselves in our, even our own head. You know, he's a, we, we don't, he wants to overcome. He wants to teach us day by day how to overcome the struggles, the trials, and the tests that we have. We know we will, because the Bible tells us that, that he, he will definitely do that. And we know that in John 16, it says, We shall have trials and tribulations in this world. Yeah. Shall? Shall? So you're either with God having them, or you're without God and having them. I'd rather be with God with them, because he said, But don't worry, I have overcome. And that's what the most important thing is, is that's, that's where our faith begins to grow. What, no matter what we're going through, no matter what time we've got, no matter what it is, every circumstance that we've got, it's a choice of our will. We either will ourselves to do it, or we will ourselves not to do it. Isn't that amazing? We can do anything we really want if we desire to. Yet again, it's a choice. When things come against us, our first reaction, panic, anger, depression, you can give me, you can give me all the bad negatives, all the bad vibes, it's natural man. But the spiritual man, after we've had the first input of the emotion that comes, the spiritual man should then take control. Somebody did that's like, right. praise God. Praise God in all things. Isn't that difficult? Isn't that difficult? Somebody stole the car. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it doesn't sound right, does it? But he's telling us to do that. Why? That's the sacrifice of praise that he loves. Not what I'm going through. Father, if it's your will, praise the Lord. If it's not your will, praise the Lord. Because you're going to see me through if I stay with you. That's the crunch one, isn't it? That's the change of will 
that we've got to have. We've got to will ourselves to stop thinking about what everyone else thinks and everyone else is doing and what the world tells you. If God's called you, he's called you for a purpose, he's called you for a reason, he's called you to be changed, he's called to he can empower you, that he can fill you full of love and kindness and joy and promise for the future, knowing that no matter what happens, if we're working with him, we go to heaven. That's the crunch we've got to look at. That's changing your will. Stop looking at what you can't do. Because we've got all things. All things are possible. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Then Jesus, God, God turned around to the Israel and said, Is there anything impossible for me? There's nothing. If he can create a world with his voice. And the universe and trillions of stars. We don't even know how many there are. Billions and billions and trillions. Trillions by trillions. Trillions to the power of a trillion. I don't know what that is. But anyway, if he can do all that, surely he can help me. Surely he can help me. Surely he can help change my mind. Because if we can't believe that... Okay, let me ask you a question. Who's changed since they've become a Christian? And fascinating, isn't it? Isn't it fascinating? So we know he can. How much do you want? How much do you want? What do you want to do? You know, I've tried to do this with you. I've tried to be the practical thing. And you know, and how many answers did I get? Zero. You've got to do it. You've got to look at what he wants for you. What? Father, your will. Not my will be done. It's your choice. No wonder the Bible's full of this knowledge, full of all these lovely words that he's trying to change our minds to get us out of our way of thinking. He's trying to get us out of the rut that we find ourselves in. And we can get in a rut every week. And you know, some, some, some preacher remembered him and said, you know what a rut is? He said, it's a never-ending grave. Isn't that amazing? So when you're stuck in a rut, if a car's stuck in a rut, it can't get out of the channels. You have to do something to get it out. That's what we're like sometimes. He teaches us to, t- to, to trust him, to learn of him, to find his ways and not our ways. He, t- he, tells, us to, he tells us to live in hope, and, and that's an expectant hope, expecting that things are going to change for the better. And that's, what, that's, our, that's his will. That's his will for us, and that's our, what our will is going to be like. He tells us no... He says, no it tells us all this. No wonder the safety in the multitude of counsel. In other words, asking each other, what should we do with this? Because if we make our own minds up, it's all based on what man thinks. We're going to make the wrong decision. Yes. And so that's why he wants us to learn of him. And he tells us that to everything we do, work heartily as unto the Lord. It's not about working heartily on for me. You've got to go to work and you've got to go to work and work to get some money. <laughs> but if you show these people that you're different. In your attitude, in the way you speak, in the way you work. Having joy wherever we go. I hate my job, Mark. And I said, well, just have the joy of the Lord then. Forget about the job. You're still going to go and do it. Amen? It's difficult. I know, but we've got to have the will to change. What does he want for us? When we make God happy, he makes us he makes us happy and no matter what we do it gives us back in abundance everything you want more joy give joy you want more faith give faith 
you want, you want more blessings, go and save us all. It's simple. That is, when we change our mind, our will, and do the Lord's will, we can expect to be blessed and the grace of God will be evident in our life. Not my will, but your will be done. Quite amazing. When I started this message, this wasn't the message that I wrote while I was on holiday. But when I started this message, I spoke to a saint who had just been listening to someone preaching on finding the will of God. Isn't that amazing? My answer, the will of God is found in his word. You read read the word, you find the will of God. You haven't got to go and pray, Father, what is your will for me? Just read a scripture and you'll find out where your will, will of, <laughs> the will is for you. It's so simple. No big ooby-dooby, scary-weary, spiritual-weary stuff. It's there. Simply, it is the word of God. And the more we learn, the more we will know the will of God. Isn't it why he tells us to meet? Isn't it why he wants you all to teach? And I know you, some of you say you can't, but I know you can. Can't we, Leslie? Hallelujah. Louise, we can do it, can't we? Yeah, I'm not answering you, Mark. <laughs> it's okay. We will. We will. Because we've got to change our minds and change that will. We also know that the will of God and that he wants all men to be saved, none to perish. We should all know by now that God was... was, was was manifested to us to do in Jesus to do the work of the Lord upon this earth us not my will but your will we need to be vessels of honour for God and not vessels of dishonour that every that out of our mouths comes life or death out of our mouths is life or death you know when you, and, and we're either going to speak speak faith or we're going to speak unbelief it's as simple as that we're either going to say yes or we're going to say no, whatever it is, but it, it, it is an on and on. Every part of our life, God is, take, is teaching us his will, his ways and not our ways. And so it is so important. And of course, his will is to teach us. His will is to, is to be with us. His will is to empower us. His will is to, is to, is to teach us and, and guide us in every way we want. So that's his will. So when our will begins to look at what God's will is, we shall change. And we shall become those people that God knows we can become. Not what we think, but what God says.